What's up, everybody? Welcome to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Strigling. I'm going to be your host. Let's get into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the JKR Podcast. As you all know, my name is Jay Shrigling, and I'm the host. Today is episode number 29. We've got former Indiana University third baseman and recently drafted by the Seattle Mariners, Cole Barr, on the show, just starting his professional career. So we're really looking forward to seeing what he can do these next few years. Today, we talk a little bit about his recruiting process, his little bit, his overall experience at Indiana the draft process in 2019 and 2021, as well as his agent selection process. So let's dig in. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have former IU slugger and current Seattle Mariners top prospect Cole Barr on the show. Cole, how are you doing down there in Arizona? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, just out here at the complex in Peoria, Arizona. Um, get my work in. About to make my pro debut here soon. Yeah, excited to hear that. I'm looking forward to see how you do these next few weeks. But just to get started, could I have you introduce yourself? That way the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Sure. Uh, so, guys, I'm Cole Barn from uh, Yorktown, Indiana. Just recently graduated from IU, which I played four years at. And then I just got drafted by the Seattle Mariners in the 15th round. And like I said, about to begin my career out here. Yeah. So just to get started, I want to talk a little about the recruiting process and just your overall experience in Bloomington. I saw that you were from a wrestling family, like a wrestling family background. So how did you end up playing at a power five? Well, how'd you end up going to a power five school to play baseball like Indiana? Uh, yeah, like some, like my whole family. Like, so I have three younger brothers. They all wrestled at some point or still do. My oldest uh, brother, Alex, He's going to be a senior at Wabash. He wrestles there. And then I have a bunch of cousins in which several of them are state players. Actually, one of them is state champ. But uh, I don't know. I was really, like, the only one in my family that played baseball, you know, after probably T-ball or, like, Little League. And I don't know. It's just what I love to do and just kept working at it and then ended up getting recruited and went to IU. Yeah. And I saw that you played football as well, right? Yeah. high school? Yeah. So were you getting any college interest for football as well, or was it pretty much just baseball? Uh, it was pretty much just baseball because I was committed. So I didn't play football my sophomore year, and I just played baseball. And then by the time I started playing football game my junior and senior year, I was already committed. So I don't – I mean, okay. it, like I took it that – I'm not going to say I didn't take it serious, but like I think they just knew I was already committed to go play baseball. And so I didn't really talk to any coaches about playing football. Yeah, so you were, you were committed fairly early. Yeah, I committed my sophomore summer. Okay. So when did those college coaches kind of start expressing interest in you? Was it your freshman year or kind of did it all happen all at once? Uh, I talked to some my freshman year, but really I, I kind of broke out my sophomore high school season and then played pretty well that uh, sophomore summer. And then, I mean, it was, you know, all those coaches I started to talk to and then, you know, you get one offer. The next thing you know, you have a couple more. Yeah. So who was that first offer? And then what were those like weeks after that what was that how'd that all end up uh so I believe my first offer was Kent State um and then you know I had several fall after that I think Penn State Ball State and then finally Indiana and I mean I was at Indiana probably five minutes and I was like oh yeah this is where I'm gonna go and then I ended up getting offered them and 
committed, you know, shortly after that. Yes. So what exactly was it that put Indiana on top? You know, it's really tough to describe because I really never wanted to go to IU. I mean, I was – so I was from – I lived like five minutes from Ball State. I didn't necessarily want to go there either, but I just never really had any interest in going to IU. But then, you know, I was just – I was just – as soon as I was on campus, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to go. Like, it's kind of just like when you know, you know. Yeah. So was Mercer the coach that recruited you? Because he just started, like, was it four or five years ago at IU? Uh, no, actually, I got recruited by Coach Limonis. And then okay. Mercer has only been there. This this year was his third year. So, yeah, I got okay. recruited by Cheese and Limonis. I saw that you were a shortstop in high school. Were you come, kind of expecting to come to Bloomington and play shortstop? Or were you kind of had your eyes set on the hot corner? Uh, honestly, I didn't know. I mean, I was a middle infielder my pretty much my whole life until really my sophomore year of college. So I, mean, I think I, I played a little bit of second my freshman year, a uh, little bit of third. I mean, I was hurt for most of it. So that kind of, you know, screwed everything up there. But yeah. really, I, I expected to play up the middle in college and then I got moved to third base. Yeah. So when you broke out that sophomore year here at IU, you were playing third? Yes. Okay. So what would you kind of credit the coaching staff with helping you the most your first few years at IU? Uh, I mean, really just everything, like, in terms of, you know, how I want to prepare, like, how to advance myself physically, and then just understanding, like, what I'm trying to do within the game and how to work at it. I mean, you know, I think the part of that's just getting older, too, but I think they just gave me a lot of the tools to, you know, help me help myself. Yeah. So were there some upperclassmen that kind of helped you as well? Because Gorski was probably, a, like, at IU, right, your freshman year? Uh, yeah. Okay. Did he, like, was there was there a few upperclassmen that kind of helped you out there while you first got started? Um, I'd say my freshman year, a lot, I, uh, Colby Stratton, he was kind of a utility infielder, senior. I think he was a fifth year, actually. And Laren Eustace, he was an outfielder. Uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman. I, so, I, I, you know, I picked their ears a lot. Um, then I hung around uh, Matt Lloyd a lot my sophomore year. Okay. And Lloyd's, is he in the Giants organization now? He's in double-A with the Reds. Reds, okay. Because IU has a few players in the Giants organization now, right? Um, I, just, I think just one. It's Ryan Housestead. He's in, actually, no, there is a couple. Caleb Berger, I believe, is in the Giants. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, but, uh, and then Ryan Housestead, he's in triple-A with them. Okay. So, throughout, like, your four seasons at Indiana, who do you say with some of your, like, the teammates you bonded with most? Uh, I would say Elijah Dunham, um, Sam Crail, and Cooper Trinkle. Okay. So, you know, Elijah signed last year for agent deal with the Yankees. Uh, Sam was my roommate um, when my freshman year, and then he ended up transferring after our sophomore year. And then Cooper had been one of my great friends since we were 15. We've been on the same summer team. He came here for two years. And then also I'd say Tommy Summer. Uh, Tommy and I were roommates and, you know, we, we had the same major and we pretty much had every class together. Like, I mean, I was with Tommy a lot. So I'd say those four guys who I really spent the most time with. Yeah. So like while you're at IU, you think some of your best, like, so when you think of your time at IU, some of your best stories are probably hanging out with those guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what are some of those stories when you just look at your four years at IU, like just thinking about like your time playing ball, your time just on campus, what are just some things that come to mind when you think of Indiana? Um, I, I just know that I remember one time my freshman year, I, 
can't remember what exactly was going on, but we just didn't like how things were going. And all of us got together and were like, hey, when we get older, like when we're the guys kind of run things, like it isn't going to be like this. Like, and that I can't remember just the specific details. That's just something I remember that, you know, we all got together and be like, hey, like we're, we're going to do something special here. And then it ended up being the next year we won the Big Ten championships. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And- and even this year, I mean, IU led the Big Ten and players drafted with six. Yeah, I say like we, I mean, we we had a pretty decent year. I mean, we just kind of we had a tough stretch the last three weeks. But I mean, you know, besides those last three weeks, we were in first place. Yeah, I, we I was for the whole year. I mean, you know, it's just tough. There's no midweeks, and you know, NCAA like Big Ten kind of didn't help us out when you know only three teams got chosen for the playoffs, and traditionally there have been at least four to five every year man I was I was so pumped to watch you guys play this year and then when they said that we couldn't go to games I was I was pretty upset because I knew with you Grant um just the rotation that we had I knew that this was going to be a pretty good year for us yeah I mean it was just a real shame I mean there's so many nice afternoons and like man there'd be three or four thousand people here who would just be super excited to watch us play I mean there's a ton of people that follow us and are supporting us and you know, we love. I love to play in that sort of atmosphere. I think it's a lot more fun when you got a ton of people there who are enjoying it as well. Yeah. Did so you you probably saw a few play like a few fans probably get like kicked out like from sitting in the grass trying to watch you guys play, right? Oh, all the time. I mean, little kids will just be out in the out like they. You know, there's that uh, like the hill out in center field. Yeah. I mean, it did not matter who was out there if they're little kids, like or they just kick them out. I'm like, yeah. are you serious? Like, the f- usually that's where my family likes to hang out during the games anyway. Yeah. So, so how, how were you able to get like what four tickets was it to give out the family or how did that work? Yeah. And then, like a lot of people, if their family wasn't coming, we just kind of, you can like send each other your tickets. So it just depends on who was coming and you know, you could usually get more tickets. Like sometimes I'd have six or eight people if yeah. my other teammates didn't have any family coming. Yeah. So do you plan on coming back to the Bloomington area? here these next few years that since you're already graduated i mean i'll come back to visit yeah for a little bit but i don't plan on living there or anything well yeah well, yeah I, that's what i meant not like coming back to live but just coming back to visit yeah for sure yeah. i mean you gotta go see you know see all my old teammates i mean a lot of my friends are still there so yeah. definitely come back to see them and just see how the, what direction the program's going yeah so talking about old teammates who do you kind of see breaking out here in 2022 because i mean like I said, we lost six players getting drafted, and then two signees were also drafted. So, like, who do you kind of see breaking out? I think John Madunio is going to have a really good year. He uh, he kind of filled a lot of roles for us this year. He was, you know, a spot starter, um, kind of long relief, and then kind of closed a little bit. So, I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, and I think Morgan Colopy and Kip, I think, are going to – I mean, they were pretty good this year. Yeah, you they know, both made the first year team, right? They're – yeah, so, I mean, they had pretty good freshman year. I mean, they're going to play summer ball and got a whole another fall to go through. Uh, I think they're going to have some good years. Um, those three come off to the top of my head right off the bat. And then I saw Jack Perkins is transferring there. I would not be surprised if he just dominated the Big Ten either. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. I saw that he committed there. But who do yeah, you he's see? Good. He's a good dude. I'm happy for him. Yeah, and did you play up against him in high school? Uh, I never played him in high school, but I faced him a little. Like I faced him uh, last year in the Grand Park Summer League. 
Okay. And how was that? I was going to ask you about that later on, but we might as well get into it right now. How was that summer league? Uh, it was it was fine. I mean, this year was a little more organized and put together. I'd say last year it was it was a really good league because there's really nowhere else to play. So you got everyone's Friday Saturday guys. You know, you know, you're facing them all the time. Uh, but I, overall, I enjoyed it. Like a lot of my friends were in it. It wasn't too far from home. Um, I had a, a, access to the facilities like Pro X and the cages and the weight room and stuff. So I, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. So were you able to live at home during the season? Yeah, I actually stayed with my brother and best friend. They had an apartment in Indy. So when I had games, I just stay there. It was only like, you know, 25, 30 minutes away as opposed to an hour from at home. Yeah. So how far is actually Grant, pa- Grant Park from downtown Indy? Uh, it's like 30 minutes. So I, we lived on like the, the North central side. So it was about 30 minutes from there. Okay. All right. Well, I kind of, um, getting on from that, I kind of want to transition to the MLB draft process. Obviously it's every little kid's dream to be drafted by a major league organization. You happen to do it twice, 2019 and 2021. So could you take us through the process of that 2019 draft when you decided to come back to school? Uh, really, in 2019, I did not have any idea that I was going to get picked. Like, I talked to some teams, and I didn't have an agent at that point, so I really didn't know what was going on. Like, I really wasn't anticipating to be drafted, and then I ended up getting picked. And, I mean, it wasn't like there were serious negotiations about it. I mean, it was super late, and they're like, hey, if we have some money left over, we'll we'll see what happens. And, you know, nothing ever came out of it and went back to school, which is fine. I mean, you know, go back and – you know, have a even better year and then, you know, I'm sure get a lot more money, get picked higher. Yeah. But then, you know, COVID happened, unfortunately. Yeah. So you said you did talk to a few teams throughout your sophomore year. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had some meetings. Yeah. uh, Meetings. But it's like I said, I really had no idea I was going to get picked my sophomore year. Yeah. So could you take us through a little bit about those, what what those meetings were kind of like just meeting with teams? Uh, a lot of them, you, like, you'll fill out some, like, questionnaires, like, you know, they they kind of just get to know you. It's kind of just like a job interview, really, just, you know, pertaining to baseball. So, you know, asking your approach, uh, just regular questions, uh, you know, background, things like that. Okay. And um, you talked about a little bit about the 2020 draft. Um, so MLB decided to move that from 40 to 5. What was that like after they decided to move it? Because you were kind of expected to get drafted then, right, before they moved it down to five rounds? Yeah, and I unfortunately didn't get off to a good start, so I didn't help myself to push myself into those top five rounds. Um, but, I mean, after it, I got some free agent offers, but I was like, you know, there was $20,000 free agent offers. It's like, well, I might as well just go back to school and, you know, get my degree and take my chance of getting drafted again. Yeah, so you were pretty dead set on coming back to school? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about signing the free agent deal, but it's like, like, what was there to go to? It's not like, you know, they were playing, like, there was no minor leagues really last year. Yeah. So, it was like, I might as well just go back to school anyway. Yeah, and you like, ended up. nothing to go back and play for. Yeah. And you did end up finishing that degree, right? Because this was your fourth year on campus? Yes. Okay. And that was finance, right? Yep. So, like, what do you kind of expect? Well, if baseball didn't work out, what were you kind of expecting to use that finance degree for? Be quite honest with you, I I have no idea. I just studied finance so I could make sure I knew what was going on with my money when I make it to the big leagues. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. Okay, go. What were you saying? I said I didn't really get any further past that. That's pretty much the only reason. Yeah, <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I saw that on the IU website that you were st- uh, majoring in finance. So I was like, well, I got to for sure ask what, what the reasoning was. But um, you know, if I was at school, I might as well get a worthwhile degree. Yeah, for sure. Doing it. Yeah, 100%. But um, so the 2021 MLB draft, what were the days like leading up to the draft? Uh, you know, just a lot of phone calls. Like teams are trying to get a feel. You know, it's they. Some of them direct, like contacted me directly, but most of the time they just contact my advisor. So okay. they really, you know, my advisor is really the one that was handling most of that. Okay. And did you kind of going into the draft? Did you kind of see yourself as a day two or a day three guy? You know, I thought I was going to go day two. That's where we we're hearing a lot, but it was just. You know, the money thing was just really weird this year. And it's like, you know, some teams are – like, if I would have, you know, signed for way less, you know, I could have gone on gate, day two. But then day three teams are like, yeah, we have more money left over. So, like, it was just a really weird game. You know, yeah. just, teams are just trying to see who they'd sign for the cheapest and just whatever lined up. Yeah. And which teams did you – were you having, like, the most conversations with before the draft? Uh, I talked to the Marlins a lot, uh, Padres. Um, I really didn't know about them. I, I guess the Mariners have been in contact with my agent. They didn't talk to me directly until, like, it was probably an hour or so before they picked me. They're like, hey, just uh, you want to sign? Like, hey, I think we're going to take you in these next pick or two. So I was like, oh, shoot. Like, the Mariners are going to take me again. I didn't even know. Yeah. So did you have any conversation with them before the 2019 draft? Uh, I think I had a scout meeting or two. But really, like, not a ton of conversation that I yeah. I can just think of off the top of my head. Yeah, because I mean, it must be nice to have an organization believe in you so much to take you twice and well in two drafts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, I definitely was uh, pretty excited about it. Yeah. So, what was going through your mind there on day three, just as the rounds were going on, and just as the day went on? Uh, I just wanted it to be over. You know, it's yeah. pretty stressful, stressful time. Cause you just don't know what's going to happen. Or it's like, you know, a team will call asking for X amount of money and you're like, yeah, I'll take it. And then they don't pick you. So like, it's, it's just, you know, really stressful. Cause like, you just don't know what's going on. Yeah. And were you with your agent at the time of the draft or was he kind of just relaying everything back to you? Yeah. He was relaying back to me. He was out in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. So um, when you did find out that you were drafted in the 15th round by the Mariners, like who were you with and could you kind of take us through that call? Uh, I was just sitting at my house. Um, my my advisor is actually the one that called me. And then I think, yeah, my best friend uh, was there too. Um, but, I mean, I was just sitting on my back porch just waiting for it to happen because I knew it was about to happen there soon. Yeah. So after the draft, like what happened next? Like how long were you at the airport heading to Arizona? How long before you signed the contract? Uh, I say, so I got drafted on Tuesday. They flew me out on Thursday. Okay. And I think I believe, you know, we went through two or three days of like, you know, me basically like orientation type stuff. And then signed the contract maybe on Monday or Tuesday, like a week after I got drafted somewhere around there. Okay, and were those orientations were just you, or was it with a, quite a few of their draftees? This year? Yeah, it was with all the other draft guys. Okay, so, so were you like after you signed your contract? How like were you practicing with the team right away, or did you take a day off, or how did how did that all happen? Uh, yeah, once we signed, then we could like start working out. So like you know, 
batting practice, ground balls, uh, lifts, those kind of things. Yeah. So, like, what's the av- what's the average day looking like right now at the complex? Uh, usually, you know, I get there around noon, uh, eat lunch. We'll have a meeting around one to one thirty. Um, sometimes hitters meeting, and then maybe a team meeting after. Um, some days we have a lift. Uh, so we'll do that after, and then you do your movement prep and go hit. Or if you don't have a lift, you'll just do your movement prep. Then you go hit, you know, do your defensive work, and then it's like hang out for a little bit, then they go play a game, which I haven't played a game yeah. yet. But we'll hear Yeah, and you said, you said tomorrow, right? You might, be get, you might be getting your first game action? Yep. I th- I'm pretty sure it's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, and how are you feeling about that? You know, I'm excited. I'm just ready to get out of the way and, you know, just get going. I think yeah. the anticipation is the worst part. I'm, I mean, it's the same game, but, you know, yeah. just anticipation of waiting for two weeks, you know, it just – that's the tough part. Yeah. Do you see yourself playing in the Arizona Complex League th- for the rest of the year, or do you kind of think you might be assigned to a full uh, full season squad? Uh, I think I, I think what will happen, I'll probably get assigned to a team. I mean, we just had two guys get sent out. I'm pretty sure I was supposed to be in that group, but then – uh you know, ran just had a little unfortunate event. Got hit in the nose, so I haven't played yet. But I don't anticipate that I would get sent out at some point. Yeah. So is that kind of what you're looking forward to most these next few months, or what is it that just most excites you to finally be a professional baseball player? Uh, I'm just looking forward to playing every day. You know, it's like, you know, when you're at college, you got a bunch of other things you got to worry about, like school and stuff like that. But like now, it's just like my sole goal is when I wake up in the morning, how can I get better at baseball? So I'm just looking forward to do that every single day. Yeah. So is your plan after the actual regular season ends to go back to Arizona and train, or are you planning on coming back to Indiana for the offseason? I think I'm actually going to train in Lexington. Okay, uh, what? why Lexington? Uh, one of my advisors, they got a new facility that just got built there. So I think I'm I, – I, that's where I'm planning on going. That's uh, okay. new, got all kinds of stuff, and – some pro guys are going there and throw and stuff. So should be a good environment to train in. Yeah. And that's your advisors are dynamic sports group, right? Yep. So after, so what kind of put dynamic sports group on top for you when all these, when all these agents were reaching out for you? Well, so one of the guys who works there, his name is Ryan Fusey. His younger brother, Jordan played, played on IU with me. So that's pretty much how I got connected with him. So Cameron, Cameron Weiss, the guy that owns it, that's who I guess officially is my advisor. Um, so, you know, I just felt pretty comfortable. Like, you know, they're a midsize, so they're not taking on 20 guys every single class. And yeah, you know, I hope that one guys, they take, you know, just a few guys. And I've, I just built a pretty good relationship with them, felt comfortable. Um, so, yeah, that was it. I mean, you know, Ryan played for Mercer. So, you know, he had a pretty good rep with Merce. I was like, you know, I, I feel like I can trust these guys. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Clay Dungan, actually, I didn't know this at the time, but uh, Cam's his guy, too. So, like, I was looking on the website, seeing that. And I was like, oh, shoot, Clay, this is Clay's guy, too. So, I'm like, he must be all right then. Yeah. You know, Clay's using him. Yeah. So, when did you when did you first get connected with him? Uh, it would have been in the fall last year. I don't remember exactly when. Sometime in the fall. Okay. And were there advisors reaching out to you before that time, or was he kind of the first guy that you got connected with? Uh, Say there were a couple other ones reaching out. I can't remember, but uh, I think he was one of the first ones. Okay. So, like, going through that process of just picking an agency, what were some of the key things that 
made Cam stick out to you? Uh, well, he is a he, so he's like a a lawyer too. So you know he can you know understands what's going on in the contract. Yeah, uh, he worked in I, I believe he worked in the front office or with the Dodgers something along, I can't remember exactly, but uh, you know he worked on the other end of it too in the front office when they were trying to draft guys. So I felt like he had a pretty you know, good experience on how things work from both sides. Um, you know, yeah. I just felt like they, they're not trying to take 20 guys. And, you know, if one guy makes it, they're making pretty good. They're, uh, they, you know, they're picking their guys, you know, just a few. I don't remember how many guys in my class, maybe three to five, maybe six. Um, I just felt like I was one of their guys, and I felt like I was going to be part of their family. So that's really why I uh, went with them. Yeah, with those with those middle sized agencies, you can kind of tell that they truly care about their players instead of just like another player on their on their contact sheet. Exactly, and I mean, I, I mean, I was talking to them, you know, constantly from the fall all the way up through the draft. So yeah, and what were those what were kind of those conversations like throughout the fall and throughout the winter? You know, it was just like, hey, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of interest in you. Um, just keep going, and you know, really during the season, they try to not really talk to me about it that much just because they want me to worry about playing instead of, you know, worrying about the draft. Yeah. hundred percent. But when did you kind of realize that dynamic sports group was going to be your guy? Uh, I'd say in the fall. So pretty much like when he first started reaching out to you. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, I didn't like commit to them right away. I would say, but I mean, probably a week or two later, I was like, yeah, these are the guys I'm going to go, go with. Yeah. And out of all the other agents who kind of reached out to you, were there any ones who kind of you kind of had you thought you had a shot with signing with? Yeah, I, I can't remember their names. I mean, they're all pretty nice. I mean, it seems so far. It's just like I felt like I had a really good connection with them with dynamic and I knew they could be trusted. I knew people with them and, you know, other people I talked to talks good things about them. So I was like, you know what, I, I'll go with these guys. I feel pretty comfortable about it. Not that I didn't feel comfortable with the other guys that reached out. It's just, I just felt I had a stronger connection. Yeah. So before those agents started reaching out, did you have anything on your mind of what you were kind of looking for in an agent? Um, not really. I didn't, I, like, I really didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't even start thinking about it until people started reaching out to me. So during the process, were there any agents that kind of did something that did not impress you at all and kind of just stuck out to you as like something that they probably shouldn't have done? Uh, not really. Not the ones that reached out to me. Like, you know, you'd heard some stories about, but I mean, I really didn't get hit up by that many agents. Like maybe four or five that actually reached out to me. And I mean, none of them really did anything that stuck out. I'm like, man, I don't want to go with these guys. So I guess okay. I was lucky in that aspect. Yeah. And in 2019, before you were drafted, were there any agent interest at all? No, not at no. all. Okay. What about before the 2020 draft, before they reduced down to five rounds? Um, that's a good question. I don't remember. Okay. I mean, no big deal, but yeah. I was just curious. I honestly don't remember. Yeah. So do you remember the first time an agent actually did reach out to you? I think it was probably on Instagram or something. I'm like, I said, I don't okay. know. I, yeah. Okay. Was a, I mean, like I said, like, I just want to be an agent. So I kind of just want to get that feel of what players like and don't like for when you're recruiting them and actually representing players. I would so, say I, 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 if, if I was you, like, I, I think it's kind of, str I don't know how it looks to the, I don't, 
that I would rather them like text or call me rather than like DM me on like Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But I, I feel like that's better. how a lot of players feel. Yeah. I feel like that's a much better look. So if, yeah. you can, if you're interested in a guy, I'd say get somehow get his phone number and reach out to him that way or yeah. maybe email or something. But I just think Instagram DM or Twitter DM just it's I don't know. It doesn't seem as professional, you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I I completely agree. But sometimes, like when you're uh, rep- not, um, sorry, when you're scouting a player, sometimes it's kind of hard to get that contact info. But I mean, you just got to try. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you were look hard enough. I'm sure eventually you could find it. Yeah. So, um, so far you've been represented by Dynamic Sports Group for a little bit. What are some of the best qualities that you've seen from them so far? You know, I feel like Cam's really knowledgeable about how everything works. I mean, we're obviously through the draft process now. So, you know, that part's out of the way. I mean, you know, now it's just, you know, they hooked me up with some gear and stuff. Um, but really, it's just they, you're, they're just going to try to invest in me and help set me up that how invest myself to where I can make to the big league. Is how can we help get him to the big leagues in any way yeah. they can, they're going to help me with yeah, so now that you're in season and actually playing and practicing, like how like how much conversation is it between you and Cam on a weekly basis? Uh, probably once a week or so. Okay, and like, what is it usually about? Is he just saying like, "How you doing, Cole?" Like, what's um, how you feeling down there in Arizona, or like, what's that kind of conversation like? Yeah, just kind of give an update on how things are going, and then we're we, I mean, recently just been talking about like equipment and stuff, getting like cleats and bats kind of hooked up. Yeah, and what what brands are you deciding to go with? Um, I don't, I'm not sure quite with the bats. I think I'm gonna go with Adidas for cleats. Okay, and well, because I mean that's what you so you must have liked the Adidas cleats at IU. Yeah, I, for the most part, I liked them. Yeah. All right. Well, I actually have one last question for you before we ended off. Um, so I was looking at your Twitter and I saw that your background is a "Don't Tread on Me" like flag. I know that involves the the Marines. So what exactly does that mean to you? And like, were you part of the Marines reserve or what exactly is that for you? Uh, I'm just, I, I love my country and I'm a believer in less government. So yeah, you no know, less government intervention. I think the people have, should, you know, have more say and to make the decisions that are going to impact outcomes in their lives. So, you know, with all this kind of political uh, storm going on, I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about it. It's like, well, I don't need someone to tell me how to live my life. That's yeah. essentially what don't tread tread on me means is I don't need the government or someone to tell me how to live my life. Like I am capable of making my own decisions and I can live with those outcomes or, you know, the consequences of that. All right. Well, let's just say, I love that response, man. Great way to, <laughs> great way to end off the podcast. Awesome, man. But I, I do thank you for coming on. Um, you were a guy that I followed way before I ended up meeting you on campus. So I'm, I, I was pumped to get you on. I'm excited to see what you do this season, next season, and your career moving forward. So just thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, you know, maybe we can do this again, you know, sometime down the road. Hopefully I'm in the big leagues at that point. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll get to talk a little bit about your MLB debut here in a few years. Exactly, exactly. Right. You have a great night, man. You too. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Just want to give a huge shout out to Cole Barr here. I've had my eye on this dude for a while now, back when he broke out as a sophomore in Indiana in 2019. 
Dude's just got a great swing that I know is going to transition well to pro ball. Looking forward to seeing what he can do with the Seattle Mariners and what he can do these next few years. Just really appreciate him coming on the show. But with that being said, I want you guys to check out next week's episode as well as I have my former boss, Alex Tominski, on the show. He is the managing director and player agent at Strategic Athlete Initiative. One of his big-time guys, he represents former IU player, basketball player, Daron Davis. Just really excited to get him on the show, talk about a little bit of the overseas basketball market. So I'm just excited to get him on and make sure to check that out.